Welcome. It's the second Sunday of Lent already. Time flies. It's it's March tomorrow. People are getting vaccinated. It's been a hard winter, but things are looking up. And I really hope that things are looking up for you too. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Let's say the prayer of the day together. O God, by the passion of your blessed Son, you made an instrument of shameful death to be the, for us the means of life. Grant us so to glory in the cross of Christ that we may gladly suffer shame and loss for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
Our first reading is from the book of Genesis, chapter 17. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will make you exceedingly numerous. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You shall be the ancestor of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the ancestor of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall give rise to nations, kings of people, shall come from her. The Word of the Lord. praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him. Stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. For he did not despise or abhor the affliction of the afflicted. He did not hide his face from me, but heard when I cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will pay before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nation shall worship before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. To him, indeed, shall all who sleep in the earth bow down. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, and I shall live for him. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord, and proclaim his deliverance to a people yet unborn, saying that he has done it. Search for the face of God. 
Romans chapter 4. The promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there violation. For this reason it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham. For he is the father of all of us, and it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God who, in whom we believe, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Hoping, again hope, uh, hoping against hope, he believed that he would become the father of many nations, according to what was said, so numerous shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was already as good as dead, for he was about a hundred years old or when he considered the bareness of Sarah's womb. No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, being fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Therefore, his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now the words, it was reckoned to him, were written not for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be reckoned to us, who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was handed over to death for our trespasses and was raised for our justification. The word of the Lord. Holy Gospel according to Mark. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan! For you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who, want, those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of the Lord. I'm going to begin by talking about the book of Daniel. 
and some of you have heard me do this before because the book of Daniel was very important for first century Jewish people and it's in the background here. The first half of the book is familiar to us. If you went to Sunday school, you heard a lot of these stories in Sunday school. Daniel in the lion's den, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. Then there's a writing on the wall, Mene, Mene, Tekelu, Parson. And the second half of the book, though, is to us much less familiar but it was important to first century people. And it describes a series of dreams or, or revelations. And the really important part of Daniel for the Gospel of Mark is in Daniel, for us, we call it chapter 7, that part of Daniel. And in that part of Daniel, the writer describes four beasts or four monsters, you could call them. They got wings and tusks and horns and... And, and these monsters represent empires and rulers that oppressed the people of Israel, oppressed God's people. And this imagery will be taken up later in the book of Revelation. And it all has meaning and it's really interesting, but we don't need to get into that today and we don't have time. Anyway, after the, the four monsters, Daniel sees a heavenly court and he sees it's God's court and in that court judgment is executed on the monsters and then he sees in contrast to the monsters one like a human being or son of man coming with the clouds of heaven and this son of man is given dominion and glory and kingship and his dominion is an everlasting dominion that sounds a little familiar doesn't it in the gospel reading to, for today, Jesus calls himself the Son of Man. So it certainly seems like we should ha probably have Daniel chapter 7, the heavenly court, the Son of Man in mind when, when we read this part of Mark. And some scholars say that this entire passage in Mark is full of courtroom language and allusions. For example, in verse 31, Jesus says, The Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. And the word translated as rejected, these scholars say, indicates something like thrown out after a test by an official court. And of course, we know the story. That's, that's what happened. And then Jesus says, if anyone to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. And deny themselves, these people say, these scholars say, that's also courtroom language. You remember later on in chapter 13, Jesus says, they'll hand you over to councils. You'll stand before governors and kings because of me. They'll drag you into court and you will have a choice. You can deny Jesus or you can stand with Jesus, which means if you're dragged into court because of Jesus, it means that you deny yourself and, and maybe you lose your life. You may be crucified. 
Let them deny themselves and take up their cross, Jesus says. And this, at that time and place, that was no metaphor. That was all too real, and people knew it. Probably, I don't know, I suspect most people had seen the crucifixion. It, it was absolutely brutal. And it was a form of capital punishment for slaves and violent criminals and lower class people who were considered to be a danger to the peace and stability of the empire or the social order, especially in rebellious Roman provinces like Judea. If you were not an upper, a lower class person, if you were an upper class person, they'd find other ways of dealing with you. But if you belong to the bottom layers of society and they saw you as a threat, then you could be crucified. And people who were going to be crucified were made to carry their cross to the place of crucifixion. So this is what it means to follow Jesus, he says. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will find it. If to save their life they deny me and the gospel, they'll lose the life that really matters. If they're willing to lose their life for me and for the sake of the good news of the kingdom, they'll save it. Because this is the way to life in the, in the truest and fullest sense. It's the way that leads to the kingdom. And even if you gain the whole world, he says, and, and it's for the sake of some gain in this world that people, that people would deny him it, or the gospel. It's, it's not worth losing your life for. Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And again, it helps to remember Daniel 7 and the heavenly court and the Son of Man who comes with the clouds of heaven and is given dominion and glory and kingship. If you're ashamed of me in the courts of this world or in this present age, the Son of Man will be ashamed of you in God's court when he comes in glory, when God's kingdom comes. And then I think we need to look at one more verse. Because in the next verse, which wasn't part of our gospel reading, but in the next verse, Jesus says, Truly I tell you, there are some here who will not taste death until they see that the kingdom of God has come with And that, that suggests, and this is why we're reading this verse, that suggests that Jesus may be talking about his crucifixion because he says there are some here who will not, who will live to see this. So his crucifixion, if this is what he's talking about, is, is the triumph of the rulers of the present age. It's shame and defeat. It's condemnation for Jesus according to, to the courts and the judgment of the present age. But in truth, in God's court, it's judgment and condemnation for the rulers, for those who crucified Jesus, and it's his glory and power and triumph. I, I think we sometimes miss the power in all this and the, the challenge because we think, well, that was it. And it's different now. And 
It's true. I mean, it is different. different. Now, we no longer crucify people, and it is true that Jesus' message has had an effect on the world. It has. It has. Thanks be to God. Nonetheless, nonetheless, this is not the kingdom. The kingdom is not here yet. And it's very dangerous to confuse the kingdoms of this world with the kingdom of God. And it's a little hard to see in our time when we're doing this, but if we look, we don't have to look back very far. We can see in history how dangerous this is, dangerous in all sorts of ways. And we can see that the people who are doing this can never see that they're doing it. And the other thing is we need to remember that it wasn't just the Romans who condemned Jesus. Actually, a few could see. And we, uh, So back to my uh, second point. And we need to remember that it wasn't just the Romans who condemned Jesus. It was also the religious leaders. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But it's important because these words are for us as well. We've got a stark contrast here between the courts or the judgments of this world or this age and the court and the judgment of God. Shame and confusion and death in the courts of the rulers of the present age is justification and triumph in life in God's court. The court that puts an end to one age and brings in the new. The court of true justice where we see what really matters, the truth of life and death and what is really losing your life and saving it and how everything ends up and whose is the kingdom and the power and the glory in the end. So this is about more than courtrooms. It's about human things and divine things. It's about two ways of judging reality, two ways of seeing, two commitments, two ways of living. One way is the way of the present age or the kingdoms of this world, which is in important respects, not in all respects by any means, but it wasn't then either in Jesus' time. But in many respects, it's ruled by evil powers, physical and spiritual, demonic and human. It's an age, it's an age of injustice and suffering and death in many ways. And the other way is God's way, the way of the coming reign or the kingdom of God, Jesus' way. The way of God's justice and mercy, the way of life. Following Jesus' way, following Jesus, means loss and suffering and death at the hands of the powers of this age. But it means life in the age to come in God's kingdom. Jesus says, this is how it is. This, this is how it must be. But this is a promise, and this is how we get there. Are you with me? Follow me. Amen. Let's confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, 
the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Led by Christ in our journey of repentance and moved by his compassion, let us pray for the church, those in need, and all of God's creation. Each petition ends with the words, Lord, in your mercy, and the response is, hear our prayer. God of salvation, we pray for the members of the body of Christ. Help us to see and to live according to your way and your truth. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all families, clans, tribes, and nations. Help us to see that what we do affects others so that all may live in peace and justice. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who struggle because of illness or any kind of need. And in particular, we pray for those we name silently or out loud. Bless them and bless those who care for them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We remember those who have died in faith and the goodness you have shown the generations before us. We pray that we may remain faithful, trusting the promises you have made. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, gracious God, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Gathered wherever we are, gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Let's say together the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Jesus, since by death he conquered death. He will free us from destruction, give to us immortal breath. Let us mortify all passion that would lead us into sin, and the grave that shuts us in shall but prove the gate to heaven. Jesus, here with you I die, Spirit be among you and remain with you always. God bless you. Amen. Go in peace. Share the good news.